Hey, this is Felissa Rose. I'm Angela Baker in Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to Midwest Monsters Podcast. Yeah! this again tonight as uh, old Grizzly making some mistakes behind the soundboard here. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner. I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Madam as Vinny. And a cloud. There's a cloud over the table. And it ain't smoke. Well, I want to tell you, we tried this episode once before and uh, with a different co-host. <laughs> Luckily, we were only about five minutes in before old Grizz realized we weren't even recording. You know who's in charge of that? Old Grizz is. <laughs> so, everybody, just pull it in. We, we're having a good time, and here's the thing: we're not even wrecked. We haven't even been partying hard. No, we're just we're just high on happiness in each other's company. We're just getting old. My gosh, we're getting old. Uh, Right in. Let us know if you know how it feels to get old. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, folks. All right, we're going to get serious now. We are revisiting a franchise that we haven't done in quite some time. Early episode, uh, as Professor brought up in the last recording that didn't get recorded. Um, <laughs> we are talking about a franchise called Sleepaway Camp. And uh, first film, very popular. Parts two and three, not entirely crazily popular, even though they got Scream Factory releases. Uh, and then uh, a fourth film we don't really want to talk about. So, uh, yeah, general impressions. Um, Toddy and Vinny, please tell us about your first times encountering Sleepaway Camp. Uh, my first time, Grizz showed it to me. Uh, me and half of Indiana. That's how they see Sleepaway Camp in the last 10 years. Um, I'm trying to spread the good news of Angela. I don't... As I watched... I had never seen it, but as I watched it, I don't know maybe if it was just me figuring it out or if I had heard what the ending was somewhere throughout my life. But I was suspecting as it got towards the end. So I can't definitively say if it had been spoiled for me or not. Uh, still had a still surprising that ending, and I recently just showed it to my 14 year old son uh, to watch his jaw hit the floor <laughs> at that ending. Who had rolled his eyes at most of the movie, and then at that point stood in the middle of the room with his jaw wide open. Um, and I like Sleepaway Camp. I think it's fun to watch. I've seen it a handful of times since then. Uh, so yeah, that's there you go. I watched this at an early age. Um, I mean, it, I thought it was kind of scary anyways, and then definitely didn't see the ending coming. 
and man, just the image and that like ah, terrified me. Oh yeah, I still don't like the very end, the face and the. <laughs> I still hit stop. Like I just turned it off. I don't want to see it. Don't want to see it. Uh, so yeah, I usually have to push pause on it so I can get clothespins on my nipples. <laughs> um. <laughs> so the first time I saw this was because the professor and I were living together in college, mm-hmm. and he had bought the box set. Do you want to talk about what drew you to the box set? Uh, I that's when I really had a boom uh, because initially it was a couple of things. Best Buy was getting all kinds of DVDs for cheap. It was kind of like at the height of DVDs. And so they got the box set for that. But I'd also been doing stuff with family video, just renting everything I could in the first month that I got set up up here. So I was just consuming a lot of horror movies my first year up here in Muncie. And so I bought that completely on a whim. This was not something from my youth. I know uh, our previous co-host, Chad, like, appeared to be uh, absolutely befuddled that we hadn't watched this over the years growing up. this, This was not on my radar. I didn't know about this movie i didn't have friends that ever talked about it it was something that i bought completely blind and had my mind melted and i want to say we had other people there didn't we or did we show that afterwards i think that your girlfriend at the time was there (laughs) and that may be it yeah because i know that like was it john daly and yasmin and other people watched it later and yasmin and uh i think ryan middleton uh, whose name we do not speak in most circles anymore. Did your girlfriend um, break up with you because of this movie? No, she's just a whore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ooh, Todd's trying to open the bowl <laughs> No, no words. I, she's not really a whore. I like just joking. <laughs> he kids, he kids. Um, but yeah, I remember passing through, uh, and I think Professor had just started the film, and I was on my way to get food or a beer or something, and, and I'm like watching, and I'm like, fuck is this and and he, he's like you may want to sit down for this and so <laughs> i sit down because it just i was just captivated by the the silliness of it all that turned out to to really just be one of my favorite uh, films yes so that's where we start with sleepaway camp hot toddy you want to hit us with the details from the top so sleepaway camp 1983 Written and directed by Robert Hiltzik, uh, starring Felissa Rose, Jonathan Tierston, Karen Fields, Christopher Collet, Catherine Camille, Cammy, um, Paul D'Angelo, I'm probably butchering it, but Desiree Gold, uh, and Robert Earl Jones. Okay. So... Folks, you know when we do these revisits, we don't get too deep into the plot because we figured you've seen most of these by now. And if you want to go back and listen to the original episode where we cover things in depth, please feel free to do so. So, uh, man, I mean, Sleepaway Camp, there's just, where do you begin? Um, I mean, I do these. I, I kind of want to keep giving the opportunity to these two to... to to talk the the better meat of it, um, just because we've already had a go at it. I don't want to steal too much thunder on it. Yeah, yeah. So, tell us your highlights, your high spots of Sleepaway Camp. High spots or just comments of, of like going through the movie a little bit. Now you've uh, you've done some of these revisits with us before, so just do whatever your heart feels like. Um. Well, uh, 
as I rewatch it, the the part that is is still bothersome to me, and more so each time, is uh, the pedo uh, cook. Oh yeah, referring to the kids as baldies and shit like that, and then the other guy is just laughing at his quotation fingers jokes. And be like, oh, 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 you you are too much. It's like. No, call the police. Like what the are one you doing? cook is James Earl Jones' brother, and you got to think about all that he had accomplished at this point, <laughs> and he's in that scene. <laughs> yeah, that is his brother or dad. All right, so that's a that's a hot argument because I thought it was brother, just like I Professor think it's his father. Did. And Jason McCullough corrected me on that. Jason McRib McCullough corrected me on that. And we both watched the Q and A with Felissa, who does the running commentary. So it is James Earl. Yeah, I was going to say, is father. anybody going to say it's the father? So it's the father. <laughs> is what you're telling us here. I gotcha. Just say it like that now. <laughs> oh, you crazy pedophile! <laughs> you just making some silly jokes. Uh, and that part bothers me. Oh, you always did have a little bit of devil in you. <laughs> yeah, a little bothersome on that one. Um, the scene where the the cook's death scene, which I don't think anybody's feeling bad that that guy's dead, getting killed. Uh, he sells. Being burnt for a good what feels like forty five seconds solid of him laying on the ground selling the burns that are on him and you know what the burns don't look bad like the burns are a pretty good effect in that movie surprisingly um, my favorite part of that is they wrap him up and then they smack like his arm touches like they, they keep touching him and like when he's walking out with him they keep like hitting his arm against the walls uh, <laughs> sympathetic doctor. <clears throat> Gosh, the pain must be unimaginable. <laughs> uh, uh, there's the kill in the stall door where, for some reason, my man just doesn't crawl under the stall door to get away. <laughs> like, I get it. None of, uh, none of us wants to touch a, a camp stall's floor with our bare hands. But, you know, in some situations, go for it. Um, so the old man who runs the camp, the gross guy, <laughs> with the young girls, uh, did the police know about this camp? Like is it is this Epstein's camp? Like what is this place? Um, this is a magic camp because I think the youngest camper, six seven, and the oldest is like fifty seven. So, so real quick, Mel is the guy who yeah. runs the camp. And in our previous episode, I said he was Rodney Dangerfield, uh, who slept with an orangutan. orangutan. Yes, but it's actually. If Walter Matthau slept with an orangutan, <laughs> so he's like a great value Warren Oates. Uh, and my only other note mm-hmm. is uh, the fake mustache on that cop. <laughs> fake mustache on that cop is real fake. Ooh, Which is real fake. And so the movie itself, the charm to it is number one. It's weird. It, I mean, it's offbeat from Jump. You got the weird ass ant. Which is, a, I mean, completely different flavor from the other stuff you've watched in that that era. And I think that's what drew me in when I sat with Professor to watch it. I was like, "What is this crazy lady?" Yeah, wasn't that nice of me? Mm. <laughs> yeah, real weird lady. Richard Angela. <laughs> uh, and when Toddy and I went to Famous Monsters the first time to see this, because you've gone like six or seven times since then, uh, jealous. There, <laughs> there was a guy there. Doing the ant as cosplay and killing it. Nice. It was awesome. Nice. I think we got a photo with him. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, it's just a, it's a a weird flick. There's some 
really memorable lines in the movie. There's just something. There's a reason. There's a cult status for this movie, and I I recommend this to to any horror fan. Sit down and watch this once if you haven't already. I think there is a reason that a. I mean, let's be honest. This is a Friday the Thirteenth ripoff. Which Friday the Thirteenth? A ripoff of a ripoff. Yeah, the, which Friday the Thirteenth was a ripoff of Halloween. Um, the subject matter of this movie, though, like, I mean, there was really nothing that I can think of like this movie. I, I don't. I can't give all the reasons why they put what they did in the film, but like some of the smartass die, like um, when they're playing baseball, which is an odd scene in itself because it's just I don't know if that was filler or what, but. Um, Jonathan Tierston is like, no, eat shit and live. Yeah. So it's just like all these weird quotes. And eat then, shit and live, Bill. Yeah, they're holding their top shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bringing it back. Definitely. Like, I, I, I know that they've talked about remaking this and stuff, but could they remake this movie? You, you as can't. Much, as PC I mean, you as could, things but are. Be my God, the first a scene. A dozen. Uh, so the, the commentary, it's really weird. I've seen this movie so many times, and. Felissa points out stuff that I never noticed before. So, like the um, the canoe scene where the kid topples the canoe. Apparently, the canoe spins twice, and you just don't see it on the film. It breaks his hand. So, never knew that. And the very next scene, he's hanging on, and you can see the cast on his hand. I've never noticed it because she pointed out the girl in the boat, and I forget the character's name. I think it's Amy or something. Because she is like Amy, Amy Bad Monkey. <laughs> Amy One. Uh, so Amy One, or whatever the character's name is, got mono. So when she is swimming back, it literally switches actresses. Never noticed. Um, and then that what started mono spreading throughout the young cast. Could have been. <laughs> got heard that rumor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was a, a really cool, cool Q and A. But yeah, the, I think the ending definitely. Unless someone has told you, I don't think anyone really sees that coming. Um, and I think that's what stands up. And it's really weird because I feel like, as part of the queer community, there's not a lot of queer horror. Like somebody just posted um, in one of the things that I follow on Facebook, what's your favorite queer horror film? And my mind was blank. And actually, some of the stuff people were naming, I was like, God, that I just don't even think of it. Like Silence of the Lambs and... Um, you know, I know I get shit enough from, like, saying Lost Boys and stuff, which is just very undertone. Um, but uh, I, I feel like they always talk about how transphobic this one is. I don't think it is. And the more I dive deep, you know, um, I guess the idea would be, which I hate saying this because people that are transphobic love to believe that if a child reads a book or influence, then they want to be trans which is not true whatsoever. But um, it just kind of makes me wonder if maybe how do we know that that character didn't want to do this? Well, that's a big thing, is that it's simultaneously uh, embraced and shunned by the queer community. Like, some of them say, yes, they lean into it full, and then the other, you know, another section of them says, no, this is... Which I will say, the the sequels definitely have a lot more... um, meanness to it I guess or, or they make a point of the of having a sex change and um, but yeah I mean like if you look at the character in itself as it goes on to me it seemed like the character was trans and the aunt, the crazy aunt was probably one of the few people that supported it uh, the dad 
they, so they, I don't know if they had two dads, but dad was gay. Um, this movie has so much stuff like that would, for the time period, like I don't, I think people overlook it even if you don't like that kind of thing or understand it. Because they just, I, I think this movie somehow resonated with people. And one thing that I think is it's a very cheaply made horror film. But man, a lot of the death scenes are really good. Yeah. Even if even if it's stupid, like you said, the one guy could have probably escaped his death if he would have just crawled under the stall. Yeah. <laughs> but man, when, rod that was <laughs> when uh, you know when they show him with all the bees and stuff on him, like man, the the effects of this movie is really good. Um, being a knockoff, it still did its own thing. I think that's why people still resonate to it and talk about it. And again, you know, Angela, good or bad, Angela is part of the LGBT plus community. Um, and we don't have a lot of characters like that to uh, talk about, especially in quote-unquote mainstream horror films. I just want to clarify, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but you think Angela was trans by choice and the aunt supported it rather than the aunt making Angela be trans. Well, if you follow the scene, like, do you ever hear the, do you ever hear the characters say... My aunt made me do this. I think that that is implied by saying we already have a boy. I feel like Angela was forced into a gender identification as a female. And that's why Angela is so conflicted because her family expects her to be this thing when in reality she was this. So she would have been a gay boy then. I think she was conflicted. You know, and I don't know, and, and, and we're reading into things. It's like, for all I know, the director did this as like just extra shock, and I'm sure that that was the case. But as the movies go on, um, obviously the character, as she gets older, embraces it. And I don't think we're we're given a lot of information and, on that one way or the other because she's and, relatively uh, silent through the movie. Yes, but but also one way or the other, I don't think that's the reason that she is a killer either. I think the reason she's... If you look at the people she's killing in the first movie, they were bullying her. Yes. Like, even the... Uh, uh, again, you know, the little kids that get butchered, and I'm not saying that it's it's justifiable, but they were throwing sand at her on the beach. <clears throat> well, and it's important to... Rem- Victim shaming. It's important to remember, too, that we have a lot of slashers coming out at this point who are all kind of leaning very heavily into not only the sleaze, but also the Agatha Christie who done it angle of it. That's that's part of the gimmick that goes with it. So the big old switcheroo on you not realizing what has happened with somebody's identity, I think, is the big gimmick. Now, whether there was more social backing behind that, I don't know. And maybe there wasn't, and that's okay, because art can become something else as it lives on with its viewers. Um, but I, I, I always took it as Angela was forced into that from the trauma of the event and trying to force the recreation um, in her character. But either way, um, I I think ultimately its main purpose is narrative-wise. Yeah, I I agree. To to totally catch people off guard with that. I think that was probably the only agenda. And done quite effectively. Well, And and saying that, um, especially as you watch it, you know, um, you can see it better now than you ever have because I'm sure that even... If you saw this in the theater, the week it came out, it still doesn't look as good as it does now on Blu-ray and stuff. Yeah. But like the one scene in particular toward the near the end of the film, I want to say it's um, 
uh, Judy is getting killed. But um, you see the killer come in, and it's definitely Jonathan Tierston that walks. Like, I mean, you can pretty much see him. Um, so, again, and I think the whole movie, and again, it definitely played in that part of, like, who the killer is. And, and, um, and man, even... Even if there wasn't the, I'm gonna be honest. If there, even if there's no dick hanging out at the end, it is still a shocking ending because sure. you get the shy girl who you think just has this guy's head resting in her lap. You're not expecting him to be decapitated. That's a very important <laughs> point to, you know, to make with this is that it's not just the shock value of the imagery; it's how we get there. Yeah, and the way that unfolds and the soundtrack that they do with it, it's very effective. Like if if we pan out. And she's fully dressed and making that face and covered in blood. It's still scary. Oh, yeah. Still shocking. Still shocking. It's just more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And I think it's what makes it effective on multiple levels and why it has staying power. Yeah. But my real question for you is, have you guys seen Judy? <laughs> man, oh, man. <laughs> That's the other bit. So, it, besides the big finale, which is definitely the selling point of the movie... The quotability of this movie is it's like nothing else. Also, what gives it longevity? Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 that's the thing. Hey, there, there is like like obviously, <laughs> which they probably weren't that old even, but like um, um, you know, Meg and Judy, and because it does get kind of confusing too, because it's like, is Meg a counselor or like, uh, is she going to the camp or the name's Meg, <laughs> M E G, <laughs> but like uh. This is, I think, another rare movie, though, where there is kids in this movie. Yeah. Like, um, That's true. Kids getting killed. And it's not, um, you know, I, I, I haven't seen the new season of Stranger Things, but, man, those kids are 16 and 17 actor-wise, so I could care less how, like, we grew up in 90210 where 30-year-olds are playing high school students. Yeah. So I think that kind of makes an impact too. Is that uh, it's an, it feels like an actual camp? Friday had what one movie with with actual kids at the camp, and no no kid was harmed. Yeah, and it was what like six. Yeah, yeah. what were you going to be when you grew up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's so. the first six is the first one where it actually opened. Yeah, the camp finally gets six. Open. Six is Jurassic World. We waited six <laughs> movies for the damn camp to open. So, all right. Any other thoughts on the first Sleepaway Camp film? No, um, it's just it's a it's a singular slasher, and I, I think that there's a brand to it that they maintain some of in the sequels. That there's nothing else like it where it's truly it's equal parts legit, mm-hmm. sleazy, funny. I mean, it's got so many of the elements of those movies that usually tipped too far in one direction, and there's something. That it's only with these, with this franchise. There's no other ones like it because if you think about all the other slashers, they're either way more mean spirited or gory or, or they're way more campy and funny. There's something specifically different about this. I agree. Well, and you, you, you period. You don't get a lot of, you know, we get a lot of uh, the final girl. We don't have a lot of horror movies where we have a female villain. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you can go from from the hilarious quotes to that dramatic holy hell ending. Yeah. I mean, it's just just, nothing else like it. And there's nothing like showing it to someone who hasn't seen it or had it spoiled for them. Yeah. That's a horror fan. Yeah. I I still can remember taking that back from Best Buy and being like, what do we got here? Ready for just another run-of-the-mill slasher. (laughs) 
and having my mind melted. Oh yeah. I know that that is part of the fun of it is when you find someone that hasn't seen it. It's just it, I don't even watch the movie at that point. I'm just like like watching them. Like yeah. especially uh, we took Corey and uh, Jesse to one of the showings in Columbus, and it's they have they always try to do special food and uh, the Sleepaway Camp pizza, <laughs> which thank God we opted out of it had hot dogs on it. And she's just like, well, I'm thinking wieners because of camping. Uh, we did the jackass pizza that had grasshoppers on it. Uh, we were the people that didn't puke because the people that got the wieners didn't go down well. But at the end of the movie, she Hey-o. goes, it just hit her. She was like, oh, my God, I got why the pizza had wieners on it. <laughs> I do want to point out before we jump into the sequels, too, something that's changed since we recorded the first time, which was, what, probably 2013, 14? Uh, probably a well, maybe even so. Uh, ten years ago, we've developed an actual friendship at conventions with Melissa since then. The main I mean, actress, yeah. that's a huge relationship to the movie. When we watch it now, has been around her quite a bit. Yeah, different, varying degrees. Todd actually talks to her semi regularly. I mean, yeah. uh, these different events. So that that's an element too that didn't play a part in us enjoying the movie. We enjoyed right. it long before we'd ever met her at a convention. But it's been a, a welcomed. You know, a little detail to the experience. It's the surround sound to yes. our enjoyment of the film at this yes. point. She yeah. is larger than life. And yeah. I good, think she's a person. highlight if you go to conventions and you are a fan of this movie because you never you never know what you're going to get if you've never met somebody from a film. And I think watching fans come up, um, and it's genuine because um, I think that's why I've, I've just been at shows and I see the same people come up you know, after meeting her the first time, the next show they make sure they go meet her again because she is. She's very friendly and welcoming and, and great to talk with. So, um, you know, you don't, you know, especially again, I've, you know, I'm, I've had less bad encounters than all the good ones that I've had, but I've still had some bad encounters. So you quite never know what you're going to get when you go up to meet some of these people. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the last thing we did at a convention for me, I know you've been back to some, but before the pandemic began, the last convention, we didn't know it at the time, uh, was up in Chicago, and we were literally trying to leave, and Felissa pulled Todd and I down to the photo ops, and we did a group picture with her and, uh, what's her name? Catherine. Catherine. Uh, so that's the last thing we did at the convention for me, till I get back to one, was, was a group picture that she insisted on us getting in. Nice. I mean, that's how sweet she is. Nice. Yeah, and, you know, she's doing, not only is she doing big cons, but she's doing the small events like uh, Famous Monster Pizza in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and these other... Decatur? Decatur, Indiana, yes. Famous Monster Pizza in Thank Decatur, you for Indiana. And uh, the other places, but, yeah. And to be able to go to those smaller events with people who also haven't seen the film. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because we, we went to, we were at one of the Famous Monster ones in... Uh, there was a few people that, and I, I swear the room was watching them, because there's a few people in the room that hadn't seen the It was film. a packed house, and so you had to share tables with people you didn't know, which is fun, because normally you wouldn't do that. And they're like, yeah, we, we, we just heard about this. We've never seen it before. And so I'm crushing PBR. <laughs> man, to, oh, man. Yeah, I'm crushing PBR tall boys and shouting <laughs> quotes. And <laughs> these people are like, that's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, very cool, very cool. All right, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Sleep away, camp two. Sorry, I'll let you finish the. We, you can't stop yourself. But <laughs> unhappy campers, nineteen eighty eight. 
Um, Angela is replaced by Pamela Springsteen. Um, and Renee Estevez plays Molly. And this one is directed by Michael A. Simpson. And she is actually the dad of Bruce Springsteen, not the brother. <laughs> it's weird uh, watching him for this. I'm literally just sitting there watching it like, I just don't see that she's Bruce's sister. Yeah. I was going to say, Todd, can you let the listeners know who Pamela Springsteen is? She is the boss's sister. Bruce Springsteen, the boss. His sister. She also, I don't know that she's, has she done movies other than two and three? She's like a big photographer, like even for celebrities. Like we looked up some of her photos, like there's this badass ice cube photo that she did. The actor, not the, not the actual ice cube. Not with the freezer. (laughs) Sweet picture of an ice cube. (laughs) Sick picture of solid water, doll. All right. Uh, I'm just yeah. saying my stepsister came home from high school and was like, you know, I, I love iced tea too, but I don't know why all the kids are wearing it on the shirt. Tell us everything you know about this movie. Bit of a smitty, please. Indulge us. How many times have you seen Sleepaway Camp Part 2? Including this one? Yeah. Twice. Okay. <laughs> uh, I hate <laughs> when you replace an actor in a movie especially when it's the main character. So strike one. Strike one, I'm already not going into this with a good attitude. Uh, Your heart's not in it. Guys, I do not like this movie. I do not like it. Um, it's. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And maybe if it wasn't a sequel to Sleepaway Camp, I would be more kind to it. Uh, I remember the the cover art from the video store. Oh, that's one of the selling points. You, you can. I don't think anybody can forget that. You know, she's got the backpack with the glove, Freddie's glove, and the the fucking hockey mask and all that. Uh, so, th- I mean, that hits the nostalgia button. I had no idea what it was when I was a kid and would always see it. I just remember that box. But guys, I just don't know what it is about this movie that I, I just can't. It does zero for me. Permission to speak freely. Go right ahead. No, no, no. I'm telling you, you have permission. Oh, I... Because while I I do watch 2 and 3 every few years, I'm not crazy about 2 and 3. No, I... Like... Okay, so so you recast Angela. Okay. Do you know why why they did that? No. Indulge me, please, because I don't know why. Number one, so Felissa did audition... Audition for the role that was no, her no, first one? Wait, think about Angela from part one to two and three. So she went in and she said she was, she will even admit she was not made for Angela in two and three because she's not shy anymore. And she plays the movie as like, like, like this humorous. So Felissa's reading lines and not getting it because she's like, you know, under the radar. and, and She's t- bringing old Angela to Yeah, the, exactly. To and for her, she really could care less because she was getting ready to go to college, and that's what she wanted to do. So she went off and did college while they made two and three. Well, uh, and I think that's another thing. I think tonally it's very different than the first one. That is. It, this one is a lot more, I feel like, tongue-in-cheek, uh, wink-at-the-audience type of movie, <laughs> which, again, maybe would be fine if it wasn't attached to this earlier movie that that isn't so much that. I don't... I don't while I think that... 
sleepaway camp was campy, no pun intended, in spots. It was never, it was never wink at the audience, yeah. break the fourth wall where this kind of it doesn't necessarily break the fourth. You know, it tiptoes around that. So, I don't really. There's no subtlety in the kills, <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the body count is ridiculous. Twenty minutes in. Well, you, you don't. <laughs> you even know what I mean. It, the, the whole movie is a different movie, just because you, you, it, this one is not a mystery. And yeah, either, there's so no mystery, gone. so that whole element is gone. You already know who who Angela is and what's going on. Um, the only surprise to me was the opening of the film when I first saw it, or if it's been a while, um, because you get the one girl just like talking about Angela. So when I first started watching Around I the campfire. Thought, I thought she was Angela mm. because then you get this nice little sweet uh, uptight counselor. So that surprised me because I wasn't expecting her. Because also, Pamela is not on the original box art of two or three. <laughs> right, which always confused me. And another thing, I, will, I guess I'll give them credit for this. Uh, at least the cover art does play into the movie. Yeah, they did use that. They did actually, you know, the kid who's dressed as Freddy for scares, and yeah. then there's a hockey man and a chainsaw later. Like, so they they were at least the cover art has something to do with the movie. I'll give them that. Uh, how about that that uh, death in the shitter, y'all? How about that? <laughs> I was I was uh, used to put that with the first movie because I always thought that was a kill from part one because it's. I don't know. I think that's. I feel like a lot of the kills are really over the top. Not that that is either, but that one is more like that fit in right with the curling iron and stuff and the bees and stuff from one. I thought. Yeah. Um, compared to some of the other kind of kind of goofy kills in this one. So I just kind of I just kind of digress, and I I just don't care for it. I feel like it's it, it's too tonally different from the things that I did enjoy about the first one. I don't feel like are there in the second one. And and just a personal thing for me, I can't stand it when you recast a character, especially the lead. Sure, I I agree. Uh, I hate movies that recast. I think this one didn't affect me as bad though, because I wouldn't have known what Felissa looked like as an adult at this point. I knew. Well, I didn't knew she wouldn't look like Shelley Duvall. Well, I was an ignorant ass kid. <laughs> <laughs> You're ignorant. Head to MidwestMonsters.net. We got a t-shirt coming up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would, I mean, to me, like, when I saw this, uh, to me, I, I don't I don't remember if I knew they were making it as much as I think I just saw the box sitting on a video shelf. And then, I mean, the box... This didn't have a theatrical release, did it? It may or may not have. I'm not sure. Mm. Like, maybe limited. <laughs> amongst yourselves. I, like, I like that Grizz had the most... Incredulous look on his face. Like there, there but, is um, no way. But still, you know, I, I go in a video store, I see this box. I love the first movie at this point. Um, and then any movie, like I mean, I was that kid that you could have sold me on anything by putting anything related to to Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, any of that stuff. So, and like you said, it was used in the film. I um, I enjoy this one. It's weird because they filmed two and three back to back. I. It's weird to me when I watch two and three because I don't feel like they were filmed back to back. Yes, I agree. Because three has a Michael Pollard effect. Well, and, and three, I hate to say a different tone because it doesn't exactly have a different tone. But um, I like two. I think two is fun. Yeah, I'll give it that. I not much has changed. I don't love part two, but I pop it in 
every few years just because I'm in the mood to just keep the story going. I've popped it in for the last time. (laughs) I do want to say, IMDb says that this released in the U.S. on February 28th of 1988, and then it had its video premiere November 16th. Wow. Six months later. No, that's not good math. Nine months later. Uh, (laughs) So... um, See what happens when you give all your liberal money to public education? (laughs) (laughs) I've been programmed by CRT. And uh, so, uh, yeah, evidently it did have... And I'm I'm sure it played like New York and L.A. and like probably bigger cities, but... Yeah. So... Which I will... uh, And and your defense, too, because I almost, to be a smartass, was like, well, it's not like there was a lot to choose from, but I'm like, damn, 1988 was a big year. (laughs) (laughs) There were a few good horror movies that year. (laughs) Professor, Sleepaway Camp 2. I like it. I... I, And the thing is, is... It's going to sound like I'm praising the movie and I'm not. Like, I don't... I don't think it's like some great movie, but I I, I like do. To say, it's fine, right? Like I entertain it. It's pretty. Uh... Every time that I watch the original, I entertain watching the other two, just because. And I do disagree with the tone thing a little bit because I feel like it still keeps a lot of the brand where we're still we're we're leaning into the goofiness and the humor, but we're still doing the kills and trying to make them gory and balance that. Now it doesn't have. Quotes like the first one that feel like an alien <laughs> wrote the script. The first one's just its own thing. Yeah. Uh, but I just I feel like they're fun movies um, that could have phoned it in way more than they did. I feel like uh, they still have decent kills. They definitely have more nudity. That's the biggest difference, I think, is oh, we yeah. really upped the booby count <laughs> with these sequels. Well, that- in, the, in part two, there's actually a couple kids who call themselves... Tip Patrol. Yeah, that too. They're um, bodacious boobies. <laughs> Bingo card, checking that off. Um, so yeah, it's it, to me, it's not a controversial take. I, it's just exactly what it is, yeah. what I expect it to be. I feel like two to this is how I feel about Jaws too. Well, or, it's just... You're no Jaws. You go back and you look at a lot of these cheaper franchises and how taxing the sequels to watch are and I don't think of this as one of those. At, at least this Angela is was way easier to watch than a lot Howling of Howling would sure. be a great example. I can example. agree with that. Like I, that's the thing like because Pamela Springsteen is not a very good actress at all. <laughs> the hell you say. And, and they it's like for you for all the, intents and purposes you want the these movies should be you? way worse. Sure. And I still think that they maintain the entertainment value that a that a lot of what is there in the first one made it so special. I don't think it's as good, but... You'd say it doesn't follow the letter of the law, but it follows the spirit of the law. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's weird. Like, it's a completely different thing. And as for Angela, I agree. I don't like when movies recast people. It's distracting. But at the same time, this is like... I just look at this as a kind of a different thing. Like, but I, like it's always weird at first, and then five minutes in, I don't really care what happened in the first one yeah. versus what she's doing here. She's just... To me, by, by this point, she's like the loony counselor that's just overly self-righteous. She becomes a moral killer. Right. Which is not unlike what she was doing in the first film. I mean, she was... Y'all, you have to barely cross Angela nowadays to get a kilt. <laughs> yes. That's like, a fair point. You barely... You, you have to cross her path and make eye contact with her and you're getting murdered ten seconds later. She's like, did I hear you say a cuss word? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I'm a happy <laughs> camper. And you, uh, you get the little the little nods to the the other uh, icons uh, from that decade, just for the hell of it. In there, they don't go too heavy on it, but um, in terms of making the the whole point of the movie copying, you yeah, know, franchise so, killers. But there's the little Freddy bit, the, yeah. the uh, hockey mask, the chainsaw, and on the Leatherface. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you just get some some fun little parts here. It's now Camp Rolling Hills. I love when they're, as you said, sitting around that campfire at the beginning, and they're like, "Oh no, Angela's real!" And they're like, "I heard that she's the dark-haired girl on uh, Facts of Life now." <laughs> uh, which I, I will say early on, they use words like, uh, "This one is definitely way meaner." By uh, they definitely use dyke fag, very transphobic. So this to me is the one. Uh, instantly, they start talking about like, "I heard Cheddar." A sex change operation and yeah right that's something i've noticed too about going back through a lot of these 80s especially comedies there's some it was just a different time it's it uncomfortable was. with it some was. of the some of the vocabulary um i do like that the stoner sisters get burned <laughs> that's a funny kill and that'll be a callback unfortunately in the later <laughs> film um but then let's just talk about professor one of your favorite lines in the film when the old hillbilly chick picks her up at the end, you remember what she says? Not off the top of my head. <laughs> well, what do you say? I'm just too dumb to drink, too fat to fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to say his favorite line is party hats at two o'clock. <laughs> In reference calling, to boobies. Calling boobies party hats. <laughs> uh, I also, my, I guess off of Vinny, uh, the outhouse, I had outhouse turd leeches. But the decapitation in this one was pretty pretty good. That was probably I think the best kill. Did you? Did it you get... had some de- decent effects. Uh, yeah, the kills aren't terrible. So I uh, I didn't watch the first one for this because I've seen it this year alone like three or four times. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, the which first one? one? The first oh, one. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So so Jesse, Jesse was coming <laughs> over and I talk. said. Hey, I need to I need to watch some movies for um, for the podcast, and I, I mentioned part two, and he saw it with part one with me recently. We're watching part two, and he had seen it before, and it had been a while, and he said something I've never thought of before: is did I think that this was a copycat Angela, and that this isn't Angela at all? It's just somebody that's like heard heard about it, just like at the beginning. Over the campfire, they're talking about this big story of Angela. Oh, man. I just watched Vinny change his entire mind. <laughs> Not bloody likely. <laughs> That's but, a valid point. But I never uh, thought about it because uh, even even again, uh, I was like, well, I, I just took it at that this is Angela. This so. is someone pretending to be Angela, pretending to be a count- camp counselor. Yeah. You just blew my mind a little bit right now. But Oh, yeah. These millennials, you know? Yeah. So what's the final verdict? We just got one unhappy camper at the table? Yeah. <laughs> if you're a genre fan, you got to check out two and three. I mean, so... Yeah. So one one is one... Uh, if you have if you tell me you haven't seen one, I'm coming over. Yeah, same. I can't say that I'm, if, if you were like, I've never seen something. I'm not two. mad at you if you've not watched anything past the... Yeah, <laughs> if you want to watch it, I'll show it to you. <laughs> Well, that's what I, you watch. I think so, if you're in about my wiener. <laughs> if you're into slashers, you should watch it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, before Todd gets more inappropriate, let's talk about the next film that I won't say the title of, so Todd doesn't get mad at me. 
I'm sure I'll still get mad at you for some reason. <laughs> Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland. Teenage Wasteland. 1989, with a totally different pair of hoo-hahs on the cover and a knife. Uh, also directed by Michael A. Simpson. Uh, also starring Pamela Springsteen. And, disturbingly, uh, Michael J. Puller, who I'm like... My God, like, this is the guy from Scrooge. Like, it bothers me so bad that he's in this movie. Nipple in mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That is very... He literally is an angel in Scrooge, and I can't handle it. Pretty sure he also Star Trek the original series at one time. We watched it the other day, I was like, oof. Nipple in mouth. Yeah, it. it Carriers, you don't remember that? I was like, I try to forget it every it's, time. It's it's so uncomfortable to watch. Like that's why it's great because Michael Pollard is uncomfortable in general. Yeah, in everything. <laughs> I love too that she starts just beating him with a stick. That's just like, just like and my my yeah, ma- my yeah. main memory of him is playing. Mr. Mixias Pitalik and the Superboy live action TV series. <laughs> Can you say that name again? Mr. Mixias Pitalik. Is that Which, the little dude from Superman? No, that's, yes. that was his safe word. Oh. Yes, and to see him like, sucking on a titty is the <laughs> most weird, uncomfortable. And guys. Do you understand that was probably the greatest day of work that man had? Why are there so many perverts at these camps? Why are so many teenage girls banging these ugly old dudes? Have you not read the news lately? <laughs> I uh, I love that this is filmed back to back, released a year later. This one's whole angle is troubled youths or youth. Youths. <laughs> All right. Yeah, hit the premise while we yeah we had to get that out of the way first, folks. So so two is very much like same camp as similar to the first one. This one is like a whole different camp. Or is it the same camp, but new owners? I don't remember. Uh, similar camp, new owners. They got troubled utes and privileged utes. But both, uh, it's, a, it's a married couple. The, the woman's pretty lazy, just has these, basically they're just taking the kids' money. And the, uh, the dude who, uh, again, if you remember when it comes out of the tent too, like, don't be mad at me, the old lady's not giving me any. <laughs> yeah, super rapey, guys. <laughs> super rapey. So, so we open with a girl who has that nobody sees gets killed by a dump truck. As milkshake, the words milk and shake tattooed above each of her breasts. Which did she, did she bring all the boys to the yard? Which allow me. I'm not trying to be a dickhead here, guys, but I would assume that if they were going to have that scene with a woman with that tattoo, they would have had somebody. A little more endowed like for a, that scene, like a bigger for thing. for a milkshake. So anyway, uh, so this girl goes to go to camp, is run over by a truck by Angela. Man, what a scene too! That's a head of hair. Uh, it looks like she curled her hair with firecrackers. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like they use the same wig that they'll use later. On that person, so there's a reason that they're wearing that look. So, she's hit by a truck, and then it's Angela, killed her, steals her clothes and hairstyle, and goes to camp under her name. Sleepaway Camp 3. Teenage Wasteland. Teenage Wasteland! She's uh, she's really into camping. I like how, uh, throughout the entire thing, they're all like, 
God, you look awful for 17. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, you look too old to be 17. What are you, 21? <laughs> She's like, I've done a lot of drugs. I'm like, that explains it. What can I say? Drugs. Who <laughs> oh boy. Uh, guys. Who boy. Guys. Uh, was that Larry Bird? Playing the one character, young Larry Bird. Yes. Well, uh, was it Barney? Uh, looks like Conway Twitty. <laughs> uh, lots of hate speech and racial slurs in this movie. Oh man, hard R's. Yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, we were talking about hard R's. Uh, I do like that Angela throws her mixtape into the tent. That one dude. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I didn't like Sleepaway Camp 2 all that much. and But with Sleepaway Camp 3, I really didn't like it. So <laughs> it feels that's like as far as I'm going to go. I, if you didn't like 2, you most certainly are not going to get it. But it doesn't three. even feel the same. Like this one doesn't even have... I'm not saying that 2 had a big plot. This one has no story. It's literally kill from kill from kill from kill. Um, like I, Toward the end of the movie, I don't even think they try to even do story anymore. Any dialogue... She literally just keeps going from one one uh, death to the next, and then she goes to another camp. As I said in the, the previous recording of this, it's almost as though there's no joy in this for her anymore. She's just killing because she has to. I love that you're inferring some reason and rhyme for any of what <laughs> happens in this movie. What's the, what's the old guy's name? Pollard? The actual actor's name? Yeah. Michael Pollard. Michael Pollard, yeah. He keeps shaking his belt buckle. It's got, got the Playboy bunny on yeah. it. He keeps shaking it at girls. And I'm like, oh, God, stop. Yeah. Please. It worked. Yeah. Well, you get... <laughs> yeah, it did, I guess. Hey guys, but... the only thing I can give this movie is lots of jugs. And, and it's ruined by that fucking old creep touching them. <laughs> I do like that we get Angela is back in graffiti, in, both in New York and at the camp. That yeah. may be the only kindness I have to pay to this man. I like the lawnmower scene, and that's always what I remember about this yes, movie. the old lady in the trash pile. That's <laughs> hilarious. She's like, ah, I can't get up! <laughs> yeah. Guys, I was drunk watching this and still didn't give a shit. Yeah. Didn't have any fun. Well, it, it, it even even budget, like I feel like all the budget went to two if they filmed these together. But I feel like they... Uh, I think each film was filmed for like a couple weeks, but it's just strange that you would you're, you're you probably would even save money. You have a whole different group of kids. Like I don't know, three is uh, three is I, I was gonna say the worst in the series, but that's not true. But uh, yeah, we uh, we keep going downhill at this point. Any thoughts, Professor? I, I feel like the level of scrutiny is rising with each entry for some <laughs> reason. Like the, to me, this is just a this it's, is a two again. It's just, think, it's just, just camping. Scrutiny is rising and quality is falling. Yeah, to me, it, like, I don't... Uh, by the third entry that has been insane for the first two already, this is just more of it. It's a little bit sleazier, but it, it's just people being picked off at a, a campground. Like, you know, 50 other movies from that decade. So, uh, you know, I don't expect much for it. By the any time I watch it, I just think it gets weirder with Michael Pollard, and I, you know, it show enough do, <laughs> it show enough do. But to me, if 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 we're if you discount slashers by creepiness and lack of plot, then out goes ninety percent of them from the decade. That guy was so creepy, I barely finished. Well, 
<laughs> Don't watch David Lynch. You're welcome, Bowles. He also hates Devil's Rejects. Yes. I softened on that. I softened on that. I still don't think it's a good, great movie, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it's important to point out, though. I don't think the filmmakers. How, did you just switch sides in real time? By the way, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. This movie wasn't good, and then he looks at me and goes, "He didn't even like Devil's Rejects." <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I just know. I don't. I want to clarify. I don't think the filmmakers were celebrating creepiness. I think it's supposed to be uncomfortable and weird. No, nah, you're right, dog. This well, movie's tight. Well, they succeeded, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, like uh, to me, like these these three have always just went hand in hand for me. From when I got the box set, I just I don't think that there's some huge drop in quality, and I don't think we are we are ever at top shelf to begin with. I just think it's 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 its own weird pocket for this subgenre. There's just nothing else like it. And I, I I hear what you guys are saying that you know some of the the stuff I guess that bothers you with in the third one being sleazier and whatnot. But to me, it's just a continuation of two. Just Ratchet it up Would a little bit. Would you say bit. this is as consistent of a trilogy as Maniac Cop? <laughs> I mean, for what it's doing, yeah. Like okay. it's just it's embracing what it does and sticking with it. At least, so, at least Maniac Cop kept the same killer through the whole. So, uh, so well, you can't do much if the woman doesn't want to do it. So, to you, this is just camping. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't mind three. I think two and three are funner to watch with people because they're so they're so campy. Yeah, um, I'm just saying we got another movie to cover, and <laughs> oh, now the, uh, now the criticism's going to start. Yeah, the, the only other thing I was going to say was besides the uh, the lawnmower scene was the uh, the kid that loved to throw firecrackers was the the blonde kid just waking up to that kid with a firecracker and then boom his head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, Todd, you get 30 seconds to tell us about. I was just gonna wait till the end because it does, it's 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 its own weird little. To me, part four is return. Okay. Ooh, we getting on timelines. Todd, <laughs> tell us about the next film. So, return to Sleepaway Camp, two thousand eight, uh, written and directed by the original Robert Hilzik, uh, starring Vincent Pastore as Frank, uh, Paul D'Angelo as Ronnie. Uh, Jonathan Tiersten, Isaac Hayes, uh, Lenny Ventino, and it's pretty amazing how much they try to keep it a secret that Felissa Rose is even in this movie. But Felissa Rose uh, popping up somewhere in this movie. Yeah, uh, Spoiler alert! <laughs> she's Christopher from The Sopranos. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> I don't... I've never seen... All of the Sopranos, but apparently she is in the Sopranos. I is never she? knew that. I never heard that either. You guys get first dibs. All right, let me get at this. So my very first note is voice box cop is obviously a woman. <laughs> that is my very first note. Yeah. Uh, I thought the line was funny where the guy called the dude from Sopranos, you're a big pussy. Since that was his name in the show was Big, Big Pussy. Pussy. Yeah. Um, you've got Isaac Hayes playing a character named Chef, and he's wearing a red T-shirt, <laughs> blue jeans. The only thing missing is the white chef's hat from South Park. Uh, Hello, children. The muscle counselor from the first one is back in this one. Back in ball shorts. <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> Put some respect on his name. Uh there's the fat motherfucker who 
who says uh, your ass stinks is his famous insult uh, like several times in the movie. Alan. Alan. Uh, Do not put respect on him. I like when he runs and two armies of paintball guys are shooting at him and his fat ass don't get hit by one of them until later when you see his shirt stained up with it. But in real time, you don't see him get hit. Uh, he, Alan is worse than Shelly from <laughs> Friday 3 and Franklin okay. from Texas Chainsaw combined. I was hoping you were going to make Yeah, it. combined, he is worse, more annoying than both of those characters. Was it like a uh, had a baby? Like, am I supposed to feel bad for this guy? Because he's a bully who's getting bullied. I don't understand what I'm supposed to feel for this guy. Maybe they were going for he was the killer. And I think that's what they try to paint you with, but you're already in the back of your head like, oh, that cop is obviously a woman. <laughs> Throughout the entire thing. Now. Guys, I must be simple in the head. Because the first time I watched this, when it came out, I did not gather the the cop was. You have got to be cop. kidding I'm me. I'm dead serious. Oh, I remember the first time I watched this going, what is that? <laughs> like, why is that cop's face completely covered with big sunglasses and the hat? I knew yeah. it was stupid looking, but I'm like, that's just what I'm used and to. And disguise in the void, like, I, it was a red flag, right? Yeah. So. He is retarded. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right, guys. I love that they brought back original actors for this movie. That popped me pretty big to see actors from the first movie back in this movie. Okay. Um, I do not think that this is a good movie. Okay? <laughs> okay, I don't think this is a good movie. But I'll watch this over two and three. Oh You're nuts. Gosh. You are nuts. Oh. This is one of the worst goddamn movies we have covered on this podcast. I period. quit. It's not good. But if if gun to my head, you have to watch a sequel. I'm watching this one over those other two. 100. percent Todd, you go first. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I was excited to. Uh, I, I heard they were making the movie, and I. Don't know much about the writer director, but I knew that he created. But I know I love you. <laughs> created the original, and um, that a lot of the actors were back in this one, so I was excited. And and then I watched it, and I do I do still own this. And I'm going to be honest. I think I've told Phyllis of this. I, I kept the movie because you're in it. <laughs> um, you have a real copy? Yeah, DVD. Well, mine's a. Boot-ass leg. Um, Hard to come by, by the way. Finding it for the podcast. Yeah. We, um, You're impossible. I don't know. I just... <sighs> Two and three got a Blu-ray, though. Oh, uh, yeah, from Scream Factory. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Todd. Please. Okay. And uh, I'm caught up in the middle of this war. <laughs> and uh, anyways... Uh, I I don't know. Like the, All the characters were annoying. Um... They weren't the best actors in part one to begin with, but at least it worked for the film. And I thought they were just so over the top. I I definitely think this is a step down from the third film. Mm. Um, it is a, off a cliff fall yeah, well, step down. I was trying to be nice. From those. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm telling you, having the original actors for me is a, it gives bonus points. I think it just makes it worse that the original actors are back in it and the original writer-director, and it, this is what we get. And then, man, the 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 bully kid, I just don't even get that kid. I'm like, please kill him. Please kill him. Yeah, that is the one of the most unlikable characters in, he in is the cousin, movie history. He is the cousin from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Like cousin Oliver, yes, get rid of him already. Um, like even the kid playing him, like not a good actor. Um, I just they could have done something completely different. Budget with this. looked rough on this movie. I think is a, a big thing of the constraints for that is I think the budget was clearly a lot less than for some other things. And I do agree that for having the original writer director involved and for as many years and the cult following that had built for this, the delivery on it. Is lackluster, is lackluster. But again, for me, having the same actors back, um, I don't know, man. I just I don't like two and three. There's something about the flavor of those I just don't care for. I don't think this is a good movie. I don't foresee myself ever watching this movie again. Do you like the meathead counselor in Alan's cabin? <laughs> Do you like the kid with the glasses that says? Tell Alan to quit throwing food at me. <laughs> no, I don't like any of them. You love it. I don't like any of them. <laughs> but I... <laughs> but, uh, Professor is having a stroke. As I'm, I'm just shell-shocked right now. <laughs> I, look, guys, other than one, I'm not going to watch any of these ever again. Uh, this is... <laughs> One of the rare examples on the podcast where you've got a movie where I would rather watch parts of the Leprechaun franchise than this. Ooh, this, Lord of mercy. This is one of the worst things I've ever had to watch for the podcast. I can't believe I've had to watch it a second time. I'm telling you the only redeeming quality of this movie is seeing her as an adult when we do the, the maniacal reveal the at the reveal. end. Leading up to that, there's nothing interesting about it. The jokes don't land. The kills aren't that good. There's talent. I don't know how on earth they got a couple of those names in there to sign on to this. It's not interesting. It is completely just flat. And so I can totally understand if people don't like two and three, but to me, those at least bring the heat with the kills. They lean into some of that kind of, you know, sex comedy, 80s, porkies humor with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... I, I mean, and I'm not saying this for debate's sake. I truly hate this movie. No, like, that's fine. I was dreading having to watch it again. I had to go onto one of my hard drives and find the old file. Of it, I think I don't that I expected it. it because you guys so much were like, oh, God. <laughs> I was really expecting the worst movie that had ever been made. I'm just shocked because you are, you've got plenty of capability of being a legit hater. This movie is teed up for you to just shred. Oh yeah, like this again, would be the one. I don't think it's good. Yeah, but this is the one you would eviscerate. <laughs> this is. I don't think it's good. This is the one you would make fun of. <laughs> and again, like I said, I knew from the beginning. It's like that. That I liked, and I think I liked the fact that they, there was a bit of a whodunit brought back. Not well, but it was brought back, which is I thought the other two were lacking. Hey, Vinny. Your ass stinks. <laughs> God. So, you know what the best part is? Somebody Damn. wrote that on paper. Somebody wrote that Repeatedly. on paper several times. Different scenes. And here, the character says, as he's clicking away on the keyboard, your ass stinks. 
<laughs> this uh, this movie's so bad. This is only my second viewing of it. I watched Same. it when it came out. This is my and last. For this, well, that's my if first and last. If I expire before the three of you and you walk to my casket, I will have seen this movie twice. <laughs> I'm putting a copy in with you, though, <laughs> and and some Crocs on me. He's putting Crocs on your feet and a copy of Return to Sleepaway Camp in <laughs> under your hands on your chest, <laughs> folks. Folks, this movie starts with. Campers lighting farts. It's uh, so bad. <laughs> you, you, you say that. Himself. You say that. But we had a death where a girl gets shoved down in a shitter and has shit leeches all over her. That's viable. Shit leeches, Ryan. Your ass stinks. Let's <laughs> <laughs> also talk about... God, is this the most New Jersey thing that's ever been made? Is this fucking serious? This they, get Alan, sure. they get Alan to smoke... A shit joint. I would like to uh, reference a review I enjoyed on IMDb, <laughs> written uh, April 8th, 2017 by Jack Trin. Uh, one star out of ten. Should have been called Return to Stupid Camp. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny, Fire. though, you, you quote IMDb, you get on there, there are lots of people putting this movie over. Oh, like, yeah. I thought this was a great direct sequel to the first film, and I'm like... You're on crack. You have Halloween 2018, and you have Return to Sleep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Big John, Little John showing up at Camp Arawak. It is a shame that it wasn't done better for the actors and for the fans for this for this movie with the with the time they had and with hindsight on the sequels that they did have. It's a shame that it wasn't done better for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I can appreciate that you're glad that Ronnie and Ricky are back, and that's that's honestly, and Angela, who the rule Angela, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you get a call back to part two where there's stoners in this and they get killed. One of the stoner kids is one of the little kids from Kindergarten Cop who goes, Mister Kimball, are you okay? After he gets shot, <laughs> um, the jeep. Death, even though it's not a wiener lynching in part three, you do get a jeep death in part three, hanging sort of thing. Uh, and the other, the other callback is that this was clearly filmed in late fall because you can see people's breath at summer camp. <laughs> Just like they were all freezing to death in the original Climate change. <laughs> yes, that too. So... And of course, there's the scene, like the post-credit scene, where the cop pulls up and Angela, in full female garb, is standing at a car that's broke down with the tire. That's off probably the it. coolest thing of the whole. Movie. And then he gets out. <laughs> he get, he gets under the car, and as he gets under the car, she kicks the jack out from it and kills him. But like, I do you I, think that's like supposed to be like how she became the cop? Could we have gotten more of that? Like Texas Chainsaw is that remake? Cool? Yeah. I just man, it seems a shame and and if somebody could do it right, I would almost like to see Felissa get another crack at a sequel. Yeah, I would rather just see her without the disguise just yes. run a camp. Yes. And kill people. I like the mystery doesn't even need to be there at this point with a, you know, a fourth and fifth movie. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Turn to Sleepaway Camp. I am done talking about yeah, this yeah. film. I hope you like the frogs. Well, first off, there is a documentary coming out called Angela, which I got way too excited because I heard Angela and I was thinking it's a new movie. But it's a Who's the Boss? Uh, it is. <laughs> Angela. <laughs> Angela. Samantha. So there is that coming out. But um, So there is 
confusingly, uh, with most franchises, there's always some weird-ass thing. So there is Sleepaway Camp 4, The Survivor, 1992. I'm a survivor, I'm not gonna give up. I was expecting you to sing Reba, but okay. Um, but uh, this was like a bonus feature on some of the box sets. Um, I don't know if it was put together at all, but what I've seen is just them filming. There's maybe 30 minutes. So that's all the raw footage and outtakes. So that's all there was. However, in 2012, um, Jim Markovic thought that it would be brilliant if um, let's finish this unmade sequel. Which, by the way, I guess I should mention in 1992, they were trying to make um, next in canon the company that made two and three. As they no sooner filmed 30 minutes of this, the whole company went under. So that's why there's only 30 minutes. Um, now there is an hour and ten movie out there, and maybe 30 minutes of this shit, and then all flashbacks of the first three films. Um, and not even edited well, either, by the way. So, hot garbage. This one is, um, I can't think of the lead's name, what she is in the movie. Like, um, we'll just say Amy or some shit like that, something stupid. But the whole premise... Amy, bad camper. <laughs> Whole premise is that uh, she apparently, after getting stabbed, it's Angela. She has forgotten everything, <clears throat> and she comes out here as uh, with her psychiatrist, and it all comes back to her, and she's a killer. So it's hot garbage. Hated it. Yes. <laughs> Whew. Uh, what's the prognosis, Doc? <laughs> Straight doo doo, baby. It's, there's not. It's not. It's a nothing. It's nothing to even talk about. It's a thing that that. Uh, could have, would have. Like, there's, there's nothing to it. it. It's some 30 minutes, and, and not even 30 minutes of different footage. It's like 15 minutes of the same footage, different takes, like two different times. But like it, it's a nothing burger. How, how much footage was there for Silent Night, Deadly Night too? <laughs> oh boy, he just dunked on you, bro. Yeah. The, what does one have to do with the other, other than that? Compared because they are both. Sp- Sequels where there may be 30 except, min- except one got released. Except for <laughs> yeah. 30. They did release in 2012. They released. Show me where I can get a hold you of You could that. have got it on Amazon until they realized, oh, wait, we probably don't have the rights to do this other part of the movie. You could rent it and buy it. Yeah, but you which one has. Could. Which one has the line, Garbage Day? Yeah, yeah. and that's what separates men from monsters, friend. <laughs> but it also both equally has just a shit ton of the other footage from the other movie. Same way with Boots they Boots shot. Nine. There is more footage in Silent Night, Deadly Night two than was ever shot for. Well, for I'm going to say this: Return, if Camp you watch four. the footage for Part Four, not Return, but this Part Four, it is a good thing that they shit came this movie. Oh, I did watch it, <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> Straight poo poo. Okay, so <laughs> any other thoughts for eat this? Sleep? Eat this graham cracker and get happy. <laughs> Hot toddy, eating him a a hobo s'more because he ain't got a fire to go with it. So uh, uh, I light a trash can on fire. Set <laughs> a fifty-five gallon drum on fire. Uh, any other thoughts on the Sleepaway Camp franchise? No, let's leave it. Why don't you just put my marshmallows next to the copy of Return to Sleepaway Camp and set it on fire? After you watch these movies, make the wallpaper on your phone and computer. Uh, Nipple and micro, micro Pollard's mouth. <laughs> oh, gosh. Please stop. Please stop. I don't want to think about it. All right. Password is nipple. 
Sign it off. What a ex- exotic revisit. Yeah, here. Benny came in here blowing minds. Oh man, <laughs> we got Return to Sleepaway Camp's biggest fan. Yeah, <laughs> if, that movie's in trouble if that review is its biggest fan. We got oh, biggest sure fan. I bet you didn't think you were going to leave with a boner, but you are. <laughs> Sign it off. I am. Sign off so I can eat this graham cracker. I'm trying. Lord help me. I'm Grizzly Abner. Been joined by Professor Wagstaff. This is Vinny. Hot toddy. Stay scary. Hey, Angela! Hey, Vinny. Your ass stinks. (laughs) 